Oh, hello, chat. Hey, what's up, gamers? Welcome to another edition of Real Nerd Hours. This is this, this is chat. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Your favorite slice of life podcast. Yeah. Ostensibly yeah. about nerd stuff. It's, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to another edition of Real Nerd Hours. Episode 82. We're getting closer and closer to episode 100. What the hell are we supposed to do at 100? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Let's just do a clip show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's the super special. We didn't want to do anything for this episode. What up? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even do anything for one year. We just kind of said, hey, happy one year. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Well, we'll 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 circle back around it's, to it's that because every episode is very special. Yes, it is, Chet. You're extremely correct. You couldn't be more correct. Boom. Here we are today in an undisclosed third floor location in my hot ass apartment. Yeah, uh, suffering for for the art. That's what you got to do, man. You know, fashion, art, life, all suffering. Yes, it is. I've I've taken a becoming like more of a dark person when I talk to people at work. Yeah. And when somebody comes up to me and they say something along the lines of, oh, my God, I can't believe it's Monday or, oh, only one more day until Friday. I say, well, and then there's the rest of our lives. <laughs> so nice. I mean, like two days. What's two days off when you have to work five days a week? Yeah. Are you the fucking whole, serious? The the concept of a work week is, you know, slightly depressing. Yeah. You know what? Pay me a salary. I'll work four days a week and we'll call it there. Yeah. I'm fine with four days a week, five days a week. You know, that two to five ratio. It's not really very good. No, it's not. Like Because you don't really accomplish all that much on the weekends. And plus, you need a day during the week to get stuff done when government entities are closed. So you don't have to take a fucking day off or miss any work for it. Yeah, that's one thing that other countries do that I never really understood why we don't do this commonly in America. A lot of reasons. Well, yeah. But, (laughs) um, you know, that there is no common practice of letting people get shit done during the week while post office bank whoever the fuck is still open because you know those are closed on the weekend or have really shitty hours if they are open whereas like i know spain china um you know a, a lot of european countries will just how you can just go and just make the time up later china takes two hour lunches on the regular so like People use that as their I'm going to get shit done or maybe take a nap or pick my kids up from school, whatever, you know, I don't I don't like unpaid lunch breaks. Yeah, because that's my time. Then if I have to take a lunch, I want you to pay me for it because that's less time that I actually have to spend not out like away from my house. There is a it it was kind of funny for me because when I was working salary. I would take much longer lunches and no one would care. But when I was working hourly, I was cutting that shit as short as possible. Like if I could take a 15 minute lunch, I'm taking 15 minutes. Like I'll eat. I don't like eating at my desk. I hate doing that. But if I eat right outside the office and then get right back to it, I'm good. I don't mind eating inside my office because I have a closed door. Ah, and people won't bother me or anything and like they don't have to worry about hearing me eat all day or whatever yeah, yeah. and it's easier for me 
to just like sit at my desk all day and not eat shit. Yeah. Just sit there eight hours, get what I need done, done and go, go then, home. Then you're violating labor laws. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I do that hypothetically. This is only a hypothetical. I'm not serious hey, it's about not any you breaking that. any laws. It's your employer. Well, they're actually supposed to force you after five hours. You have to take a half hour break. The law actually changed recently. Oh, and you have to take it before your fifth hour. Oh, yes. I know that because at work they they've made a huge push for that. <laughs> and it's not that I mind a whole lot. It's not really that big of a deal, but it's like, come, come the fuck on guys. Either make me salaried, pay me enough to make me salaried or leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. It's one of those things that, the only reason why the law is really in place is so employers don't force their employees to work these long hours without any breaks. But it's not really one of those things that's enforced when it's by choice. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, I've, I've had times where I've worked for two hours and then taken a lunch and no one said shit, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, the m- most of the labor laws came in because... It, of employer abuses yeah. but a lot of the time like that kind of shit isn't enforced anyway you yeah. know what i mean like it's not necessarily like your boss tells you hey continue working through your lunch it's something more along the lines of here's more work here's more work here's more work right i need it done by the end of the day here's more work right here's more work and you don't really have the opportunity to take that lunch and if you do, then in a lot of workplaces that have toxic atmospheres, you're seen as somebody who's doing less. Yeah, Ugh, man, that that whole concept is such a such a sore on corporate America. Because like when you have actual responsibilities and you feel like you know you actually make a difference here, you don't want to be seen as a slacker. No, so. Companies that have, you know, more open PTO policies or more open lunch policies, it then instead of being forced to work more and like, you know, you have something to report to the labor board. Instead, it's a cultural thing where, yeah, you can take a two hour lunch if you want, if you're a slacker or you can take as much PTO as you want. Right. But that's going to reflect poorly on you. Yeah. And like, here's here's something that a friend of mine experienced at his his old workplace. What would happen is everybody in the office was fucking terrified <laughs> to leave before six. Oh, yeah. they would get in at eight and they would leave at six. Wow, ten hour days, huh? Yeah. And he came in. He has his MBA from like a very prestigious school, mm-hmm. and he said, "Fuck this." I'm I'm going to come in at 7, and I'm going to leave at 3. Ah. (laughs) Or if I have a lot of stuff to do, I'm going to leave at maybe 3.30. Okay. He would get in early. Eventually, the boss was like, hey, you need to be here when everybody else is here. And then he kept to working exactly eight hours. Yeah. So he would come in from 9 to 5. Everybody was terrified to make that first move. But as soon as he would leave first, everybody else left. Yeah, that that was... That's definitely a thing. That was like that in my old office. But we we worked kind of weird hours anyway. Not everyone worked the same shift. So it wasn't really a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes I usually worked um, 930 to 630 with an hour lunch. And other people would do earlier, take shorter lunches, whatever. 
So sometimes I would leave at like 5.30 if there wasn't shit to do. And no one said anything. But that was still basically an eight-hour day. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're not counting lunch, but... Well, fuck them. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, people let their bosses walk all over them a lot in America. Yeah, but there's... A, you don't really have a choice in a lot of instances. No. And that's because, what sucks. Yeah. I have had an issue with a client who... It wasn't... Like, actually, his tone was overly... To me, it was flippant. And... He said something about like, oh, you art kids and your math. I'm like, excuse me, sir. I did the fucking math on this. You're wrong here. But <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, I say all that to say that like, regard, although I'm not in a position where I'm being abused at work or anything like yeah. that, I've got this one guy who's making things more difficult than they should be for me. And I have zero recourse. And that's what it's like for a lot of employees in the workforce. Like somebody's making things difficult for you and nobody in your office gives a fuck. Like HR doesn't give a fuck. Right. Well, here's not- a reminder for all of you listening at home. HR doesn't give a fuck about you. HR doesn't give a fuck about your problems. They only care about the well-being of the company. Yeah. If the HR person is quote unquote good to the employees, that means they care kind of. They'll make sure that you're not getting fucked. The, they're not getting super fucked. That you're not getting super fucked. As fucked as you could get fucked. Right. So, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, the thing to remember with HR is that they're employed by the company yes it's in their interest to protect the interests of the company they're not employed by the employees you know your boss is still their boss yeah exactly they don't owe you shit they don't want anything from you they don't want to help you with shit they're there to look out for the company yeah and you could argue that by looking out for the employees, they are, by extension, looking out for the company. Therefore, it is in their interest to look out for the employees. But if it comes down to a you versus them, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> the person the person that's giving me the hard time at work is somebody who's been there for like seven years or some oh, shit. Geez. So even if I were to go up against what he's saying, it's him versus me. And they're definitely going to side with him. So there's nothing that I can do about it. I just have to let them keep shitting in my cornflakes. No fucking choice. That's, um, yeah, it's one of them things. That's like, snitches just kind of fucking suck. Yeah. Like, in every in every instance. I, you know, if you're American, I'm sure you've seen, like, you know, all these permit patties and, you know, whatever popping up. And, like, those people are, are just snitches. They're All they're doing is calling authority for no good goddamn reason. And that's basically the same thing this guy's doing. Yeah. You know? For no reason. And it's so fucking weird. It's so weird. All right. So let's get into what we're here really to discuss. Comic-Con. Yeah. One thing that I'm glad that's that differs from Comic-Con and E3 is that you don't get a bunch of trailers for shit that's not coming out for the next, like, 30 years. Yeah. That was that's always my least favorite part about E3 is getting hyped for a game that may or may not come out eventually. Yeah, that's only happened once that I can recall at Comic-Con. There was a CG animated movie called The Goon. Yeah. And they did they ran the trailer, they had promotional materials for it, they had the voice acting done and it just kind of fell out. Shit. Yeah. 
Okay, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, and Comic Con has exploded in size over the last decade or so. Yeah. And it's become an uncontrollable mass of people. And although I do appreciate the convention itself, I don't think that it serves the purpose that it did like 10 years ago. No, and definitely not. It's just a loud promotional atmosphere, right? Yeah. Like even the dealer's hall has lost some of the space and the artist alley shrinks every year Mm -hmm. and eventually it's just going to get to the point where it's just funko pops and kid robot (laughs) and like shit like that shit that nobody really wants if you can spend a million dollars to be here you're good yeah exactly i'm surprised mega 64 still has a booth there they might have like legacy pricing or something. They've been yeah. going for like the last decade. Yeah, they've, they've been out there for a while. Yeah. But I mean, they also, because they've been around for so long and still make stuff every occasionally, they still have a very loyal fan base. So there, there could be just someone that's like angel investing their shit. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I do like Comic-Con. Like I like the idea of Comic-Con more mm-hmm. than I like comic-con itself because it's just a pain in the ass to be there to get around to stand around in the hot fucking sun in san diego to walk around in downtown shoulder to shoulder with some musty nerd there's it's a lot of effort and it's a lot of work and you have to shower twice yeah or you you better like yeah shower before you get there shower after you come home because it's you know one's to be fresh the other one is just to wash off the comic-con yeah because you will be covered in some sort of musk that is not your own yeah it'll be the unholy hell cologne that you <laughs> manage to get on yourself or perfume whichever you decide to wear yeah i mean it's mainly because apparently cologne and perfume are two different things they're I, both the fragrances yeah but they're technically like if you say cologne to somebody who knows fragrances, cologne means one thing, perfume means another. And, and it's not just a male female, right? No, it's yeah. not because I own a perfume. Huh. And I also own a cologne. Huh. I don't know what the difference is. I'm just going to assume that perfume has to come in one of those puffy bottles where you like <laughs> spray it onto yourself. Yeah. Comes with a poodle. You can make it yourself too. It's pretty easy. No shit. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Look you that up. <laughs> uh yeah but uh, all in all i think the what it represents and this is something that i have a larger problem with and this i mean i guess lends to some of the issues that i have with america in general right now <laughs> capitalism kind of is run out of control because a lot of people have to save up for basically half a year to be able to afford to go yeah and you have to have money for your ticket you have to have money for next year's ticket, and you have to have money for your hotel room. And that those are the big costs. But then, of course, while you're there, there's travel because you're not going to have a car if you fly in. So yeah. Uh, f- also, plane tickets, uh, food, food, and food is expensive during Comic Con. If you're downtown, like that area is expensive to begin with, but then they jack up their prices because they can. Uh, and then there's anything else that might come up and whatever you want to buy yeah if you're at comic-con coming from out of state and there are 
admittedly a lot of really great exclusive things that are coming out of comic-con if you want that stuff you have to stress yourself out by getting up super early you have to make sure you have the right amount of money because for some fucking reason a lot of these places don't post their prices online they just say oh we have this exclusive here right and you just show up and you buy it for whatever price they offer it it's because it's exactly that like if they said hey this exclusive golden morrigan statue is five hundred dollars there's going to be a lot of people who are dissuaded by that they said eh, 500 that's a bit too much but if they stand in line and they got up early they got all hyped for it and they'll say okay i'm thinking it's gonna be 350 and then they see it's 500 and they're like all right i don't have to get that other thing i'm already here you know yeah yeah and it's it's kind of an abusive tactic, something yeah. that I don't really appreciate. <laughs> it's pretty fucking shady. Yeah. And I wish that Comic-Con, I'm sure there are smaller comic conventions around, but you don't get the same exposure to nah. to people, right? Nah. One of the biggest draws for me when I was younger was going to Artist Alley and like meeting and talking to a bunch of artists that were sitting there and, yeah. and shit like that. Because... You can talk to them. You can have a good time. And you can buy their prints and shit. Things that, that would be exclusive to you. Yeah. Right? And, and they'll, you know, almost any artist will sign their stuff. And, you know, it's actually a really good way. I had a couple of uh, art friends who came down here. Uh, one of whom stayed with us. And he he got portfolio reviews. He met with some of his favorite artists. He got a bunch of books from uh, Kim Jong-gi and like, another guy that he rolls with, some Korean artists that are really, really good. And, you know, that's exposure to these guys that he would never have in any other situation because Kim Jong-gi is from Korea and yeah. barely ever comes to the States. But, you know, that's one of his favorite artists. When else can he meet him, really? But you got to spend a couple thousand dollars to do that. Yeah, right. It's it's like a career move for you if you're if you're coming to Comic Con. Yeah, because one year I actually this was a long fucking time ago when I was still in high school. I think hmm. uh, it was around the time that I first got my press badge. But I met like the president of IDW. I just lucked out and in, in getting into a conversation with him. Period. Yeah, and I was just kind of sitting around. And he just walks up and he's like, what's up, man? But, cool. I feel like that kind of thing won't happen nearly as much now, given how much has exploded in its size. Because yeah. 10 years ago, I mean, even shit, as recent as seven years ago, I would say you could have much more intimate contact with some people that you would never be able to talk to. Now you still can, but they have to be people that are, not as famous as other other kind of people like i you know i met with some internet celebrities one of the head dudes for uh for ign i ended up meeting just totally randomly and you know i'm sure if that opportunity does exist but you probably have to know someone just to even get into the same room as these people in the first place yeah yeah one year i fucked this up <laughs> one year i had the opportunity to meet Dwayne mcduffie before he had passed away oh man yeah it, it was during um a black comic books like the history of black people in comics yeah and of course he was on the panel oh yeah and milestone comics creator come on come there was on. yeah there was a lot there was a lot that could happen yeah. back in the day i don't know i haven't been 
I haven't even been downtown during Comic Con <laughs> in the last like three years. I don't think. Dang. And that's mainly because it's such a pain in the ass to navigate. It really is. And even getting down there is something else. I found a few back roads or whatever that you can take. You can take the exit off six or yeah, yeah six. Yeah. You can drive down six up to a certain point and you're good. But even when you do that, you still have to park miles away. Yeah. And the I, parking goes up in price. It's ridiculous. Okay, it's like 30 to $40 just for like a day parking pass. Yeah. It was absurd to me. I luckily live near a trolley stop, so I didn't even have to drive to a trolley stop. I just got on from my place and I was good to go. But this year, I think this was smart, but it also fucks with traffic even more. They closed off Fifth Street or Fifth Avenue, whatever. Uh, like for a couple of blocks. So people were just walking through. And I think that was really smart because, you know, it's more space to put more stuff, but also for people to walk. And I think that's partially because they closed off the area across from the trolley tracks going to the convention center yeah. to people who didn't have badges. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of odd. Except I walked through there without a badge. No issue. <laughs> like no one cared. I was also there later in the day, so yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, that I think that was a really smart move, but it really fucks with traffic. <laughs> like Yeah, it does. It does because although downtown San Diego is a grid, yeah. there's only so much space for cars to travel. Yeah. And you don't want to call an Uber down there during this time. You don't want to call a Lyft. You can use one of those fucking scooters if you can find yeah. one. But it's it's tough to maneuver down there. Like he ended up using one of those bikes. Oh, fuck that. Fuck manpower. Yeah, just take the scooter. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. The scooter the scooter is sick. I, <laughs> I rode one of those during the World Cup final day. Yeah. And it was fucking tight. It was way cheaper than a Lyft. I'm sure. And I went about two miles. Yeah. It's a fucking good deal. Yeah. It's a sick deal. You don't get tired. I mean, just no. standing there. Like, yeah. And the breeze is great. Yeah. Nice summer day. Well, anyway, some good stuff came out of Comic-Con. Anyway. Yeah. A few trailers. That Godzilla King of Monsters shit looks so fucking dope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I am hyped to see the other monsters. Like, we've seen Godzilla a few times now. When I saw Mothra just flapping those big-ass wings, I'm like, oh. All yeah. Right. All right. Hell yeah. That shit was so cool. I was really impressed with it. It was with the trailer that is. Right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like there's much story there. That's and it's fine. Yeah. That's, that's exactly that's fine. fine. And it doesn't seem like the typical disaster movie. I mean, of course, there are monsters involved. Right. But it looks really good. Mm-hmm. It looks good. And that's what I'm concerned with. I, I basically, my biggest thing is. If it's going to be focused on the humans, make sure it's a good human story that, you know, is based around monsters, kind of like what Shin Godzilla did. Or if it's going to be a monster movie, make it about the monsters and, like, follow that. I feel like a lot of times the American movies try and, like, do this weird balance of that. Or, like, with the Transformers movies where it's like, we don't care about the humans because they're not interesting. And just give me more Transformers, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The trailer, though it's only 30 seconds long, mm-hmm. gave me the distinct impression that it's definitely going to be more about the monsters. Which I think we should, we're due for. Which we deserve. Yeah. As long as Godzilla gets in some sick kills, 
I'll be fucking amped. Like the kill at the end of the first Godzilla movie was pretty fucking sick. With the holding mouth open. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That shit was cool as fuck. Yeah. That, that one was really great. I really enjoyed that. And Shazam also looks very good. Yeah, that is the first DC trailer that I'm like, hey, what's up? We're doing this. We're doing a good job here. <laughs> we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. It's like big, but with a superhero. Wow. Yeah, it, it looks like a really fun time. Yeah. More so than any other fucking sad ass DC movie. <laughs> Despite what other people say, though, Wonder Woman was the best movie from DC involving their new cinematic universe yeah i think that it still wasn't that good mainly because it was an origin story sure i hate origin stories so i don't give a fuck about them at all it doesn't matter to me just get right into the action if you want to explain the origin just do it in the third movie (laughs) right like let people wonder where you came from just i mean hey it is wonder woman after all man Yeah, origin stories are pretty tired. I think it works for Shazam because he's a less known hero, and I think that plays more into the personality of the hero. So if he was super established, it wouldn't have that funness to it. Yeah, you're so, right. You're right. I'm. I think that'll work out here. It's going to be a good surprise, like yeah. a, a surprise for audiences. It's going to be a good one, and oh, it yeah. does still have plenty of room to be absolutely horrible. But because of the tonal difference in the trailer alone, I am so much more hopeful for that than just about anything else DC has put forward recently. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. If they fuck this up, I'm going to be really upset about (laughs) it. I mean, if you look at even Titans going Uh, on their own platform uh, on their own platform the a property that they've owned forever on their own platform that they're spinning up specifically to do things like young justice to do swamp thing to do star girl to do titans titans is looks so fucking awful that looks terrible if shazam is as bad as that is i'm going to be very upset and i'm not I, when i said on twitter that raven looked like somebody did an after effects tutorial yeah that's literally a tutorial oh, that yeah. you can do on youtube no i knew exactly what you <laughs> meant like this is some straight video co-pilot shit exactly. right here exactly it was just and i was embarrassed yeah. I, I was really upset about it i also gotta say yo whoever is in charge of the VFX direction on DCs, like all their shit. Can you please make your movies less blue for once? Holy fuck. Shazam doesn't have that problem, but Aquaman also does. Everything's yeah. fucking blue. <laughs> to be fair, though. It is underwater. Yeah. But <laughs> even bluer than Aquaman was fucking Titans. Yeah. Yeah. I was heated when I saw that. I'm like, yo, can we take one shot that's not fucking day for night? Just something. Can I have some color on the screen? Like, please. You're right. You're right. Fuck. Yeah. There was a show called Rosewood. 
that I used to like. It had Morris Chestnut in it. Yeah. And it was a fun show. It was about some coroner or whatever. But in the first season, it looked completely normal. You know, a shot outside looked like outdoors. It looked hey. like a normal outdoor show. But in the second season, they tried to change up the formula and they started filtering every single shot. Yeah. Every shot was orange. Every shot was blue. Every shot was green. It was some color. And I hate that so much. That's why I can't watch The Expanse because so much of the shots, basically every shot that's not on Earth has some hue added to the screen it's so weird that's i hate that shit it's funny because like it works really well sometimes sometimes you have to do it correctly and you you can't overuse it but i mean Zack snyder in particular Uh, loves that shit yeah he does yeah i saw a uh there's an account on twitter that i started following called bad film tweets and there was a guy that said, people don't, critics, no, yeah, critics don't like Zack Snyder because people don't respect VFX as an art form. That's stupid. It's dumb as fuck. I'm, I do VFX and I hate Zack Snyder's shit because it <laughs> looks bad and these movies are bad. <laughs> I like some of Zack Snyder's movies. I like 300, but... Yeah, it gets real tired if you're doing the same shit with every movie. It's, yeah. You know, you can't apply the same formula everywhere. Certainly. Yeah. And let's, I guess Aquaman is the last yeah, trailer. Yeah, the last one. That one was cool. Yeah, it seems I, fine. Yeah, it doesn't seem bad. <laughs> right. It, one thing that I did point out, oh, I didn't even talk about this. Charles and I, because the Titans trailer came out, we decided to get together and create our own Titans teams for television uh-huh. and we that's up on the patreon so we created three teams ones uh for television like with licensing issues applied like so we couldn't use somebody like cyborg or aqualad or some of the robins or whatever oh, sure. and then the second team was fuck it licensing is not an issue right third team was whatever the fuck we wanted it to be <laughs> just for fun uh yeah give that a listen it's on the patreon patreon.com slash real nerd hours and we talk about these trailers as well. Okay, cool. Uh, this is something that I brought up when we were talking about the trailer for Aquaman. It's really weird that his dad is a white dude and he's <laughs> Polynesian <laughs> yeah. and he's doing the Polynesian screams as he's jumping out of the plane and shit. Yeah. It's really weird. It's really weird. Uh, that, I feel like that was comic book nerd saying like, why was it Aquaman white? What happened to... What happened to Arthur Curry? How come he ain't blonde, like, strawberry blonde? I don't fucking know. But he ain't, that guy's not white enough. It's so weird. Yeah. And his mom's white and his dad is white and he's just fucking Polynesian. (laughs) 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 And nobody else, nobody else in the kingdom is Polynesian. Oh, that's... (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. It was (laughs) adopted. We happen to adopt Aquaman. Oh, crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's really good. Yeah. I don't know. That's just something that stood out to me. That was really weird. As a person of color. There have been instances of that in other movies. Or then there's other stuff where they they don't really address anything like that. Like, uh, for, whatchamacallit, um, Han Solo movie. Solo. Yeah, Solo. Um, With Woody Harrelson's character 
and then he was with the black woman. I forget the actress. Then there was at the end a clearly mixed girl. I'm like, is he supposed to be their kid or is she supposed to be their kid or something? Because we act like we're supposed to know who this is. Because <laughs> she's clearly black and white, but we didn't talk about this earlier. We didn't establish what's happening. Not every mixed person is related to somebody who's white and black. God damn it. You know, I understand. I, but. I do understand where you're coming from. She's a thief. Her... Parents, parents are thieves. alleged parents are thieves. You know, and they just they just introduce her like it's no big deal. Like we know who she's supposed to be. I'm just doing some basic math here. <laughs> she but takes yeah. off her helmet in dramatic fashion. Yeah, and, and does like all these close ups on her face. Yeah, she's supposed to like look at her. And it's like, well, she's got black features, kind of dark skin, but also freckles. So she's clearly got something going on here. But. So this is a, that's something that's common with modeling, uh, or was very popular with modeling for a little bit. You like, find like a darker skin person or somebody with black features that has freckles, yeah. maybe red hair or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like that was like a rarity. Yeah, it modeling. was a very in look for a little bit. And people used to jack off to that look, or <laughs> figuratively, yes, anyway. Yes. Oh, like, oh my literally. god, I I found I found this model. They're so they're rare. So it's it's uh, it was disgusting, and that's kind of what reminded me of some of those shots. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, you know, she's a cute kid, but not like, hey, let's stare at your mulatto face. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird fetishization kind of things. Yeah, weird there. shots. The one of the reasons why I like Michael Bay films is because they have like these weird hyper masturbatory shots of cars. Like I really, <laughs> yeah. really like that. Yeah, it's weirder when it's a person. It definitely is weirder when it's a person. And he does the same thing in his films as well. Like whenever a woman's walking around, especially oh in the third Transformers, yep. close up of the ass as she's walking up the stairs. That and actress then was seventeen at the time. Yikes! Yep, that's no good. Yep. It, uh, uh, she was 18 when the movie came out, but 17 when it was filmed. Hopefully she had a body double. That's kind of sketch. It's, it's very pretty sketch. fucking sketch. Shout outs to Michael Bay. You fucking weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we shot it in a state where the age of consent was 16, so you good. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... Yeah. Anyway, the... I can't even remember. What yeah, that will definitely derail most trains of thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So my Comic-Con experience, because I actually went uh, only on Saturday night, uh, basically my only thing was I had been super busy the entire week prior, and like I was supposed to go on Friday, but I was too tired. So Saturday I was figuratively forced to go out because they're like, come on, don't be a lame-ass. I'm like, all right, fine. I won't be a lame-ass. So I just trolled on over there and just... Look for people to hang out with. And the mission accomplished. Because I don't think... I, I don't remember what name I assigned him. Because the man is a professional and I need to protect his identity. But I'm going to call him Tobias. I don't think I've talked about Tobias too much on this show. But he is a man that he really likes to drink. Really likes to drink with other people. And has a shitload of money. So... Going to bars with him is a great time because he's on a mission to get everyone fucked up. 
at all times. And we'll do it on his own dime. So when I heard that he was going to be in town, I'm like, let's hit people up. There, uh, old Gloria from the bootlicking incident refer to a much earlier episode. I have no idea which one that was. She was there with uh, a couple of her coworkers and then some other folks we knew from, uh, from conventions and whatnot. And yeah, so we were just chilling at this bar and Gloria's coworker, her, the coworker's boyfriend, we're going to call him Greg. No, I'm not going to call him Greg. That's my dad's name. That's weird. Craig. <laughs> so Craig, uh, and Tobias were locked in a pretty, they were pretty deep in conversation. So, you know, I was just talking with everyone else, but then people started leaving. And then, so Craig and Tobias, they start going the other direction of everyone else. And Craig's like, oh, I'm going to take Tobias to this other bar. And I'm like, I'm going to follow you guys because of that. Generally, the night will be more interesting as long as I go with Tobias. So I'll catch up with you guys later, whatever. So they're booking it like they're walking super quick and the rest of the group ended up following me once i said i was headed that way but they were walking so fast that the rest of the group couldn't catch up because they they caught a light and you know, whatever so we end up going pretty far downtown because this was kind of on the outskirts of downtown where we were but they they're going deeper and ends up being craig's place like he lives right across the street from the convention center in this dope ass apartment. That's sick. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I came here. Cause this is kind of sick. And you know, this might be a good person to meet, Right. So they got like security at the, at the door and everything lets us all up. Everything's cool. And, uh, yeah, he's got a real nice place. We end up shotgunning some beers, just sitting around drinking and shit. And, while I'm there, I I go. We were chilling out on the balcony, just like overlooking the convention center. Uh, I go inside for a bit for something I don't remember, and then come back out, and they're talking about the Mandalay Bay, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna be staying at the Mandalay Bay in just a couple weeks for for Evo." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've got a kind of a similar view." As like the the Mandalay Bay shooting, you know, it's a pretty good tactical position. I mean, like, imagine someone up here on a balcony like this with a crowd of people like Comic Con, and I'm like, yeah, imagine that. See, you know, you just kind of rely on the goodness of humanity to, you know, not fucking do that. Yeah, weird. He's a white dude, right? Uh, how'd you guess? Uh, huh. Hmm. Strange. Yeah. Hmm. I I wanted the the guy was combat vet so you ever get the vibe off someone where it's like oh yeah this dude's definitely killed people oh yeah this dude's definitely killed people uh, yeah and uh yeah so the rest of the night was, was normal ish <laughs> didn't do anything that was too crazy and uh you know it was all fine but then i end up uh taking off because i don't remember why but i was definitely done being weirded out by this dude so I leave um, and I head back with the rest of the group and we have a good time. But as I'm about like three quarters of the way back to the bar where these other guys were, I realized I left my keys there tight. Yeah, because shotgun beers use my keys. So I get Tobias's number. I call him up and I say, hey, I'm going to be at this bar. 
you know, when you leave, just bring your keys, bring my keys with you and we're good to go. So we're at this bar for a little bit. And as I'm leaving, I'm like, let's call up Tobias and see if he's left. He hasn't. So I'm like, cool, whatever. I'll come. And then one of y'all just bring the keys down. So I don't have to go back up past security. Yada, yada. They're like, yeah, perfect. I knew exactly where I left him. It's just right there on the fucking counter, you know? And I'm calling and I'm trying to tell them like, look, the keys are on the counter. You just take the elevator down, hand them off. And that's it. We're good to go. He's like, I don't know. I don't know where the keys are. Come on, man. Just whatever. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I talked to the security guard and he's like, no, you got, you got to get confirmation from him. The intercom system, it works, but he's more likely to answer a call. So I'm like, look, just let me up there. So he puts, uh, he puts Craig on the line and I put it on speakerphone so the security guy can hear me. And I'm like, yo, I just need to get my keys. I just got to, I just got to get my keys. And he's like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I look at the security guy and he's like, that's good enough for me. Go on ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So I go up, I grab them. I say bye to everyone. And on my way out, I have to stop. I turn to the security guy. I'm like, yo, do you get weird, like racist vibes off of that guy? He's like, oh, you mean Craig? Yeah, man, that dude's weird. That dude, he has like hookers coming up here all the time, and he's out all night. And I'm like, yeah, man, that guy's that guy's weird. I'm like, all right, cool. Have a good night. He's like, yeah, you too, man. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, damn. I'm like shit. Well, yeah. So that was uh, that was something. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, I I accomplished my mission of getting trashed while without paying a dime, so uh, it was a good night. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah, I mean, I at least walked away with a story. Yeah, certainly, <laughs> certainly. I don't even remember what I did over the weekend. I didn't do shit. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Do you want to go first or should I? Um, uh, I'll go first because there's something I'll probably forget. Okay. So I watched the movie Sorry to Bother You over the last week. And if it, it hasn't really been widely advertised. So the basic idea is that it's about this dude who's super broke and gets a job at a, at a call center and ends up getting promoted to be a power caller. And then it becomes this sort of struggle of you know keeping it real. But I also got bills to pay because you know, he doesn't want to sell out his friends who are you know trying to organize but that's that's the basic idea of the movie i'm not really going to get too into it i enjoyed it uh but the movie is weird and it's not for kids it is it is rated r but that is a strong r (laughs) (laughs) like there's a dude that does a bunch of cocaine and talks about horse cocks like oh is it mr hands it might as well be (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's it's a cool movie. It's it's pretty out there, but I recommend it. I'm, I'm, that's pretty much all I'm going to say on it. But uh, it is a very black movie, except that it really isn't. Is it like there's nothing about it that's strictly black? It's just that main characters are black. Which brings me to my next point, which was the trailers were all very targeted, and I for one hate that shit. 
like some of the things that were advertised was a movie about a black a unarmed black teenager getting shot that there's a movie coming out about that it's called the hate you give which is an acronym for thug hmm huh yeah there is another movie or another trailer about a tv show about an unarmed black teen getting shot except this one is about the investigators and the stories behind that huh there's another trailer about a movie that's uh a, People investigating Johnny... Johnny Depp plays in the movie. People investigating the death of Biggie Smalls. A movie's coming out about that? Apparently. There's already a TV show. What the fuck do they need? I guess a movie. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) It's got Johnny Depp in it. Yikes. Did you hear what happened during the Hall H presentation no so he comes on screen during the harry potter trailer oh yeah yeah. and the crowd boos hell yeah but when he comes out in person Ah, they all cheer for cowards you fucking cowards where's that energy yeah yeah fuck them the fuck is that energy fucking assholes yep uh there was another trailer for the new spike lee movie coming out it's called uh black klansman it's it's about a Black dude in... Yeah, whatever. Uh, Yeah, point is, every trailer, every trailer was very much a black movie, black TV show. Like, everything was very pointed at black. And I was the only person of color out of the group that I went with. So it's like, you know, this isn't the only people that are trying to see your movie, right? Like, you don't have to target this hard. Yeah, it seems... What what chain was it that you went to? Ooh, I don't know. It wasn't in San Diego. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Well, never mind. Yep. That's shitty. That's super shitty. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know... I hate be feeling... I hate the feeling of being pandered to, and that's definitely what that felt like. Yeah. You know, just super low barrier of entry like oh you're black you'll like this if you're seeing this movie you gotta be black if you're seeing this movie might i recommend tyler perry yeah that kind of shit so yeah but that aside sorry to bother you a plus i'll check it out last little thing on it is that uh some of the group that I saw it with really liked it. Some of them were a little bit like, eh, that movie was fucking weird, yo. Oh, okay. So well. that's that's a little disclaimer. I enjoyed it, but it's not for everyone. It's certainly not. Yeah. I also finished a couple of anime series. I finally fin- got around to watching Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, which one? Brotherhood. Okay. I wasn't about to watch the original. I had been advised against it. That's not bad. I mean, both of them are quality shows. It's just that one follows the manga and the other one is a different story. Oh, okay. That's not so bad. Uh, But yeah, I I watched Brotherhood and it was cool. Um, I I don't really get why people are as into it as some of them are. But it was cool. You know, I don't really have any major complaints about it. So yeah, it was was fine. Okay. (laughs) It's an older show, so I'm not really going to get into any of it. But uh finally finished that i also finished megalobox which that show i will say was probably the best of the last season um it it was something different like it wasn't super anime which is nice sometimes (laughs) 
you know, that's the kind of show you can show someone who isn't into anime and they would still enjoy it because it has more ubiquitous appeal. It's not just Japan-centric jokes. It's not just anime references within anime, you know? That's now, good. Yeah. I, there were a lot of people who were real mixed opinions on the last couple of episodes. I don't really get why. I thought it was cool. I didn't think it was a great ending. I didn't think it, like, it didn't blow my socks off. No, it's because it, it's a tribute to another anime. Oh, it's Ashita no Joe. Is it? Yeah. Is that that's what it's called? Yeah, well, okay. Tomorrow's Joe. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, and it's... I think it purposefully subverts the ending yeah. because of the way that Ashita no Joe ends. Yeah, and there is... Uh, yeah, they kind of bait and switch it. Like, I haven't watched or... I, th- I think there was an anime for Ashton and Joe, but whatever. I, I haven't finished that series. I couldn't get into it because the main character was too big of an asshole. <laughs> like, that that takes a lot. This dude was really unlikable. But, um... I was fine with how it ended. And even if it's a bait and switch, I don't really think it was bad in any way. I, I also didn't think that the last two episodes were fantastic. They didn't blow me away in any way, but it was perfectly fun. And it was a great series overall. So do recommend that one. Okay. I'll check it out as soon as there's a fucking dub. Also on that, here's my hot take regarding Megalobox. That series takes place in Mexico. You cannot convince me otherwise. Okay. Like watch it. You're not convincing me that that show does not take place in Mexico. Ashta no Joe. Ashta no Joe, maybe. Megalobox, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, another series that I finished but I didn't watch all the way through is Darling in the Franks. I watched the last episode and a half of that after seeing like the first couple of episodes. And that ending was weird and not good. And... As a series, I don't know, it seemed fine. It would look pretty, but that ending. I mean, I'm not going to say it's Devil Man Crybaby tier, but. <laughs> so everybody dies. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the guy standing behind the girl was Satan the whole time. Boom. <laughs> God damn it. That. I hate shows that end like that. I hate it. And this this will explain to you at home why I continue to mock the ending of of Devilman Crybaby. That to me, that kind of ending kind of expresses to me that there was no point to the show at all. <laughs> yeah. And it it was just a waste of time. All you're doing is it's basically like watching reality TV <laughs> except with like cartoon people, right? Because yeah. like at the end of the day, reality TV is literally just going through somebody's life experiences turned up to 11. Yeah. And fucking um Devil Man Crybaby. There was no goal. There were there was hardly any plot. There was like a plot kicks in at some point when you find <laughs> out old boy is Satan. Yeah, and people start going crazy and shit. But even that even that shit didn't really make all that much sense. <laughs> he just kind of finds out one day and he's just like, oh, all right, cool. And <laughs> yeah, just goes basically. With it. And he makes everybody want to kill each other or whatever. And I think the ending. Is one of the worst 
things that I've ever seen. Well, I mean, there was a lesson to be learned, though. A very Don't make friends with Satan? Well, I mean, basically, yes. But Don't go to nightclubs with people who wear mink furs in the middle of the day? No, excuse me. No, I would absolutely <laughs> go to the club with someone dressed like that in the day. In the day. No, it boils down to a single sentence is the white man is the devil. Oh, perfect lesson. Boom. I love the show again. <laughs> Turns out the white man was Satan the whole time. Hey. Okay. <laughs> I watched that second episode of that Godzilla anime thing. OVA series OVA. on Netflix. Yes. It's fucking awful. <laughs> it's fucking awful. Is it worse than the first episode? Yes. Wow. Yes. They managed to, to make it even worse. The The problem that I have with the most is that they're... Because it's 3D, it's CG 3D, mm-hmm. not like 3D, it's coming at you. <laughs> but because it's CG, it's like kind of just whatever. Like the animation sucks, everybody's too stiff, which seems like a big problem because it is, it's CG. There's no reason why you should be ducking frames in between running animations. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like shit. And there was a there's a sequence in it where something in this area is superheated. Fuck mm-hmm. it, I'm just gonna spoil it might as because well. it doesn't even it fucking matter. <laughs> so they managed to superheat Godzilla mm-hmm. and get its body temperature up to a thousand degrees or something, and it's glowing red. And there's this overhead shot of the area around Godzilla melting and Godzilla is in there. Mm -hmm. But rather than being distinct figures in that area, like, yeah, you can make out Godzilla or whatever and it doesn't take extra effort. It just looks so lazily done. Mm -hmm. The overhead shot of Godzilla in the little mess where everything's being superheated. And yeah, like I get it. It's all hot. But that doesn't mean that it should just look like somebody sprayed fucking mustard in an area and then put ketchup in that same area, too. It looks like a fucking mess. I see. It's dumb. And the story is stupid, too. You could see you could see the betrayal coming from a fucking mile away. You can tell from the first fucking episode what was going to happen. It's so stupid. Okay. The story sucks. The animation, for some reason, despite it being CG, sucks. Everything about that show sucks. Yeah, I, like, I, I'm just thinking about the first episode because I haven't seen the second yet. But like, I'm fine with the sort of style of the art. Like, there's times where it actually looks good, but then there's times where it's just super muddy. Like, especially on Godzilla, it just looks really unclear. When yeah. That was a really big opportunity for them to make him look dope. Like if you, you know, any shot that he's in, you just slightly tweak the rendering or whatever settings you've got so that he looks good. You're golden. You can't just apply global effects if you have one thing that's like real small and another thing that's gigantic. You might have to change some things on your camera settings, you know? Yeah. But whatever, they're lazy. It seems like there was... A universal LUT applied to everything. Yeah. And or whatever shader that they're using for their fucking software. It looks like that's applied universally. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest problems that I had with the first Godzilla movie was something that you had just mentioned. The way that Godzilla looked. Mm. 
and I can tell what they're kind of going for, but the way that it's shaded combined with the lighting in the show and the musculature of Godzilla, it just looks like a fucking mud mess. Right, because he's real bumpy, and they have like these little mini shadows, and it's it's just yeah. hard to tell what the fuck's going on. So if you Godzilla. ever look at a professional bodybuilder, and when they're super lean, there's no water layer between right. their skin and muscle, and you can see the fibers in their muscles, uh, which is technically called striation. Yeah. So on Godzilla, that's what they're doing a lot of. Mm-hmm. You can see the fibers in Godzilla's muscles. And there's shadow for each and every single fiber in his fucking muscle. And it looks fucking terrible. It looks awful. Whoever whoever even signed off on this should be taken out back and shot. (laughs) Okay, look. It's not that bad. They should be taken out back and fired. Because this is really... It's really terrible. It's a terrible show. I don't don't really get why it looks so bad given that it is an OVA kind of thing like it's a series but it's basically a movie series so you have time and I'm sure budget constraints are a thing and you know that is always an issue but when your shit looks bad like that who even approved it that's what I'm saying like is it worth releasing like that apparently so I guess I guess I, I, I I'm reminded I heard that uh, into the spider verse, the reason why it looks so good, why the animation style is so dope. It's because they're going over budget because they spent a lot of time developing the look, but it looks fucking dope. So like, yeah, it doesn't even that movie's going to make millions. It better. <laughs> well, at least one, two million. It'll make right. I'm going to see it in theaters. I recommend and hope that everyone else does, too. Yeah, I certainly will. I certainly will. Um, don't don't even bother watching that new Godzilla. <laughs> don't even bother with it. It's what, like an hour and a half? Yeah, no, that's too I think long it's actually a... an hour and 44 minutes. Ugh, that's too long of a commitment for something bad. Yeah, it's the fight sequences are terrible. <laughs> And much like the previous movie, Godzilla only really does his thing like once in the beginning and then at the very end. Yeah. They suggest some really cool things. Like one of their fears is that because Godzilla has grown so big over the last 20,000 years when they last saw that motherfucker, he could shoot into space and take out the space station. Oh, shit. And they run a, they run like a simulation of it. And they're like, oh, my God, what, what's our data project? He's at 3,000 gigawatts, terawatts, or whatever yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. how much power he generates. He could shoot through the atmosphere and shoot us down. And one guy's like, we need to, we need to evacuate. We need to get to the moon's orbit right now. And they just don't. They just, <laughs> so that's even the point. Nothing ever comes of it at okay. all. Well, do they set it up for another sequel? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. So it, it could come into play in the next movie, but why don't you just bring this up in the next movie? Godzilla wins again. No shit. It's, it's so stupid. This I shit. mean, you can't really have another sequel if it's if Godzilla's taken out in this one. Yeah, you're right. I mean, well, you could, but it would have to be like, okay, Kinky Dora comes in and takes out Godzilla. Now you got another thing to worry about. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that, that first one was bad, and I'm not surprised the second one's bad. 
Godzilla, King of Monsters, you're our only hope for something good from Godzilla outside of Shin Godzilla in the last several years. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> it's really hard. It's hard to believe. Oh, one last thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to get your thoughts on something. You I can't remember who posted this in the Discord. Shout out to you. Uh, but Studio Trigger has a Patreon. What? Yeah. Why? Right? <laughs> It doesn't like when you when I think about it, it doesn't make sense because they I looked at their upcoming projects. Something that I'm excited that they're doing is quadruple S Gridman, which is like samurai super cyber soldier uh, and cyber with an S, with an S. <laughs> uh, Gridman. Uh, and that's something that I'm super stoked about. But they have ongoing projects at the studio. And basically what they're offering on their Patreon is like live drawing, essentially. Interesting. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird. It doesn't... I don't know why. Like, I understand that their first project was crowdfunded. But this seems like... A company making a move to get easy money. Yeah, it really feels like that. And I mean... There's no way they're broke, right? I, I I know a lot of Japanese studios don't actually make a bunch of money, even like the big ones, because they have to spend so much just to produce the stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, Studio Trigger, they make some really popular stuff. And usually where money comes in for studios the most is uh, Blu-ray sales and merch sales. And... Given that they have such popular IPs with popular waifus, they have to. They have to be making money. So there's no way that they need the Patreon money. I mean, I guess if you want to get more money. Yeah, they're know. making 10 racks a month. Yeah. I don't mind when studios do Kickstarters because it's more about sending a message, I think. Like saying, we want this project. Yeah, and you're getting this project with right. this. With their Patreon, because it only is like offering a live stream or something like that, it's kind of just like, what are you really trying to offer here? Yeah, that's really strange. And I think somebody had brought this up in the Discord. Shout out to the Discord. Join the Discord. The link's in the, in the show notes. Yeah, you have to tag me to talk to me. Yeah, Chet doesn't go in there often. I'm in there all the time, uh, but I only read. I mostly lurk. If you say something that needs my attention, I'll address it. Okay, so it was Rellarella in the Discord that posted it in, in the Anime Sucks channel. Yeah, it's just strange to me that they would have a kick or a Patreon because they're not offering a specific product outside of live streaming. And though the money is relative... It's they could be making like six million a year and only banking a hundred and twenty thousand or so off of the Patreon, mm-hmm. which to a certain degree is kind of just a drop in the bucket that oh, yeah. they're not really going to be doing much with. But it's at the same time, it's just kind of like I think it kind of goes against the spirit of the platform. I I feel like it does. I know you know Patreon is supposed to be. Supporting creators for doing their thing. And yes, Studio Trigger, yeah, they're creators, but they're not indie by any means. Like, if, yeah. it, if it was a specific animator on there that had a Patreon, I would be fine with that. But because it's the studio itself, and that's like, if you're into anime, Trigger is a household name. 
Yeah, and they've done Kill a Kill. They did Darling in the Franks. Yeah, they did Little Witch Academia. Yeah, and that's what they got very popular off of. Right, but it's it's still such a strange thing to me. Really strange. I do. I don't. It's not that I'm like wholly against it because like get your money or whatever. Yeah, but it just seems like a weird move. Yeah, and I just don't really like the precedent it might set where if we start seeing American studios doing the same thing, you're going to see a dip in investment and they're going to say, get your money off Patreon. You can make this shit. So that might go for smaller, like very much, much smaller studios. Mm -hmm. But what would probably end up happening is much like what happened with Shenmue. What they did was they (sighs) collected the money and used it to, uh, show that people wanted the product. Yeah. They said, oh, this is how much money we collected on this platform. Give us more money. People like, gimme, gimme. Give us this more. And like that also kind of was weird because they immediately sold the product to PlayStation. They signed an exclusivity deal with PlayStation <laughs> again uh, right after they got that Patreon money, which again, fucking strange. Yeah, well, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, very, very weird choice. Well, I guess best luck to them. I don't really fucking care all that much. Yeah, I know. It doesn't really affect us in any way, but it's, you know, it is odd. (laughs) Shout out to all the the Patreon creators who had their users leave because Studio Trigger opened up a Patreon. Right? (laughs) Sorry, guys. Studio Trigger stole my audience. It's Mr. Steal Your Audience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to get into questions from the subreddit. Reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Yeah. Today's first question comes in from Trevor Slattery, bringing in a topic that we would have talked about if you didn't ask. But hey, here we are. <laughs> What's your opinion on the recent firing of James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy? That's so weird. He apologized for what he said already. It, he, like, he, the tweets came out because he was apologizing. Oh, did they? Well, at least that's it. That's my. No. That was my. He apologized in 2016. Oh, really? Yeah. So before, what the fuck? before the first Guardians movie came out, somebody else dug up those tweets and he apologized. So what the fuck? I okay. Don't know. All right. So I was already thinking that this was way overblown. Now I even more think so. Like, as as Trevor Slattery mentions, yeah, they're not very funny. But, and they, yeah, okay, yeah, the tweets are offensive. They're bad jokes. But everyone in their life has said some offensive, bad joke tier shit. Yeah. Everyone. Because times change. Like, what's offensive today may not be offensive tomorrow. And what's not offensive today may be very taboo tomorrow. And this is another reason why I don't really fuck with any of those idiots who are out here banging the drum for free speech. It's because this fucking cockhead, Mike Cernovich, Mike Thernovich, came out. He's the one who dug up those fucking tweets. Cernovich is one of the most unfunny dudes on Twitter. He's just kind of actively a piece of shit. Yeah. And it's really weird because, like, he he 
tried to become like a self-help guru for a little bit and he's always acted in bad faith on everything that he's ever done but like getting james gunn fired for this is so fucking above and beyond and anybody who agrees with it is just kind of a piece of shit like i know everyone's making the comparisons to it's not the same as roseanne it's not the fucking same as roseanne roseanne made that tweet this year like she did that that day and it wasn't just because pitchforks were brought out that abc got rid of her it was because her own staff walked out because of how repugnant that shit was yes james gunn he apologized for this shit before cool he apologized for this shit again and it was it wasn't recent and it wasn't that offensive it was fucking eight years ago yeah how i wonder how old he is I wonder I wonder how old he is. James Gunn got fucking fired for that shit. And this fucking pitcher on the Brewers tweeted out some real homophobic shit, actually homophobic shit. And he also tweeted out some racist shit. And he gets a standing ovation when he comes back out on the field. God damn. Yeah, people don't people don't care. I mean, I know I feel like Disney really fucked up here and they ended up playing themselves. Cernovich at first, when you said Cernovich, I was thinking Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee is one of those unfunny dudes on Twitter. Mike Cernovich is a fucking piece of shit and has made some serious, not even dog whistle references to to Nazis and white power symbols. Yeah, he like, is. He's just a racist. He's just straight up a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> It's, and then Disney, if they if they want to judge people based on their past actions, then how about all those fucking racist ass cartoons they put out? Right. How about Disney himself being a huge anti semite? Right, or anybody else that they employ, or like, James Lasseter, or Johnny Depp, <laughs> any of them, anybody. It's fu- you fucking idiots. Yeah, it, it's. <sighs> crazy to James me. Gunn is 51 years old. Okay, so he made these tweets when he was in his early 40s. Yes. He's not a young man. No, he's not. I didn't think he would be. But, you know, everyone's everyone's 40-year-old dad has said something stupid. Yeah, and also, mind you, he directed a movie where Ellen Page rapes Rain Wilson. So, <laughs> I did not know this. Yeah, he's a, I mean, he's on he was on some shit. Yeah. He was on some shit. Yeah, all all, Disney's Disney's whack as fuck for doing it. Yeah, like I don't give a fuck what anybody says, really, because that was a bitch move first and foremost. And it seems like they have more respect for fucking Mike Fenerovich than they do for any fucking normal person. I don't know if anybody who actually agrees with his firing, and it's not just out of spite for Roseanne. Like, there's nobody who. What who is happy about this and was happy about Roseanne, at least in my experience. I'm sure someone out there is, but fucking bullshit. Yeah, no, nah, it's fucking stupid. So, yeah. And this isn't even about me enjoying Guardians of the oh, Galaxy yeah, at all. Nothing to do nothing. with Guardians of the Galaxy. Nothing. It really does not have anything to do with that. So if you if you were a fan of the content. That Roseanne was making, but hated Guardians, and that's why you're happy about one and not the other, or vice versa. That's bullshit. Now, the point here is that Roseanne said some legitimately fucked up shit and has been doing some fucked up shit before, and was only let go of ABC because her staff quit. Yep. And then James Gunn said some not great, definitely not funny tweets 
eight years ago and apologized for it before. Yep. And he still gets fired for that. That's bullshit. So fucking weird. So fucking weird. Yeah. Oh, I hope Guardians 3 is still good. Yeah, yeah I don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Next question this week comes from Portuguese Charlie. He says, So I've been always been curious about Magic the Gathering, but never really got into it. I must have entirely given up on it when, as a kid at an internet cafe in Mexico, two guys in suits and briefcases walked in. Serious business air about them, only for them to open their briefcases and start exchanging magic cards. Fucking nerds. Sounds Dorks. Like, sounds like some Yu-Gi-Oh shit, just like straight out of the show. <laughs> Kaiba's employees. Yeah. In any case, now that I'm older, I hate to think I might be missing out on this. And I recall Chet talking about it some time ago for the show. Where do I start and what should I look out for? So Magic's actually kind of taken a dip recently and I don't really know why. But for me, it's just because I got busy with other shit. But uh, now is a pretty good time to get into it because it's been taking a dip. Uh, which, by the way, it's, it's a relative dip. It had been skyrocketing in popularity for several years, and it just kind of slowed down a little bit, so it's a comparative slump. But in any case, because people stopped buying up with the ravenous fervor that they were in the past, there's more stuff that's available. Also, what's convenient is that a new set just came out, I think I think literally last week was the, the release date of M19. So, there's a new set. That's the perfect time to start because stuff's going to be available and there's going to be events that are ready to go because people are hyped off the new set. Find yourself a local card shop. Just show up some Friday. Ask if there's any events going on. Usually 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. That's often magic time. And you tell them, like, hey, I'm a first-timer, and they will walk you through everything if you know how to play the game that's much better but if you need someone to teach you i guarantee there will be people ready to go because it's not even really a hard game to learn it's complicated but if you just watch people playing you'll get the gist of it unless it's two pros doing very complicated decks but you should watch people that just aren't that advanced (laughs) uh yeah i if you want to find some resources online, I'm sure there's stuff out there. I'm sure Magic has official like how to play videos to get into it. But once once you get a feel for the game, seriously, just walk into a store on any given Friday and say, hey, I want to join your event. And you throw them some money, they give you some stuff, and you play right there. And yeah, I would start with you know sealed draft, whatever. I wouldn't start with a constructed deck at least for any sort of competitive play, just because you should know what you're doing a little bit before then. But yeah, if you if you have anybody, any friends near you that play, talk with them. I highly recommend in person over online because online doesn't walk you through anything and it's kind of hard to understand what's happening at all times. Whereas in person, you can stop and ask and if you make mistakes, that's okay. Yeah, I I highly recommend playing it if you're looking for something to do, you know, if you're interested in it. I feel like every nerd should at least learn how to play the game. You don't have to get super into it, but 
I always find it strange when my friends say they don't know how to play Magic just because it's so ubiquitous and has been for pretty much all of my life. So, yeah, give it a shot. Good advice. Boom. Try it out. Boom. Rella Rella asks, question for Chet. Could you give us the rundown of what it's actually like to be the boyfriend of a cosplayer? What do you have to do that you wouldn't need to do with a girl that didn't have a professional hobby? In my experience, going to cons is being a water boy with smash privileges. So, because Nikki's not crazy popular and is fairly self-sufficient, I don't really have to do some of the other things that some people complain about. But, since she does take it pretty seriously and have some level of fame, I, I can still give you a bit of the experience. So, before we even get to a con, there's like... A good two weeks where Nikki is a sentient ball of stress. And that's usually because something will go wrong. Guaranteed. Something will go wrong when making the costume. It just, it happens. So there's dealing with that ahead of time. And then, you know, I've done several trips to Joann's buying things that I had never heard of. But I'm learning some new terms. So that's kind of nice. And... We live near Joanne, so <laughs> so once we're actually at the con, one thing that people find kind of kind of odd is that Nikki and I won't usually room together anymore because we live together and we don't need constant contact like some couples do. And our goals at a con are completely different. So Nikki's there to cosplay. Nikki's there to go to bed early, get up early, be there at the con. Usually has a bunch of responsibilities that go along with that be it panels, photo shoots, meetups, whatever. I, on the other hand, I am there to party and have a good time. I will occasionally have panels and musical performances, but I don't take that as seriously as she does. However, when I am there with her, uh, that often means carrying stuff, pointing out photographers, making sure no one's creeping on her too hard, that kind of thing. But it's really not that different than walking around with any hot girl at a convention. Like, I don't think I'm doing anything extraordinary or really, like, above and beyond in any way. So, I think it's fine. But <laughs> where where that kind of differs is... If you if the cosplay girlfriend is really popular or trying to be really popular, then the game changes a little bit because Nikki will book, you know, two or three photo shoots in a day if it's a new costume or something like that. But if she was hungry for fame, that would be more like 10 or 12 photo shoots. So then it's a lot more like, hey, run out and get me food. Hey, supply me some water. Hey, book this other photo shoot for me or, you know, whatever. There's a lot more management involved. And uh, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. I am very glad because that sounds exhausting and exceptionally boring. You know, you just got to support their dream sometimes, Chet. Why you got to be a bad hypothetical boyfriend? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't say I wouldn't do it. I said I'm just glad I don't have to. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. 
I probably wouldn't do it, to be honest. Yeah. I, I got would, shit to do. I wouldn't either. I've I'd got, be fucking passed out on a bed drunk. Yeah. I've got shit to do. And that shit usually involves drinking. That's not what I... I don't go to conventions for that. I don't... To be a caddy for anybody. Yeah. No. I. This is a, a secondhand story, but I know of a guy who his girlfriend... Several girlfriends in a row. His girlfriend was someone who was trying to become cosplay famous on like, I think this girl in particular was trying to be cosplay famous on Twitch, but girlfriend and her friend went to BlizzCon without tickets. And all they did was stand around at this fountain posing. And whether or not they were actually part of a photo shoot, they would still strike a pose. Because if you do that with, you know, a good costume or if you're a pretty enough girl, people will come to take pictures since you're already posing, which is true. So deep they, strats. It, deep is, strats. it is. So that's what they did for eight hours. Like those two girls just stood around in cosplay posing outside for phantom photographers and boyfriend was there to handle it like to keep the crowds moving or to like get them food and water. And that was his day it was just taking care of them standing outside. I have, I have thoughts about cosplayers. I have a lot of thoughts about cosplayers <laughs> and the type of people who become cosplayers professionally. And a lot of it revolves around a high level of narcissism. Yeah. And I don't like those type of people. So I don't think I would ever become one of those dudes. Yeah. But even if that were suggested to me, I'd say no. I'd be like, <laughs> I can drop you off some shit later, but I'm not going to sit there for eight hours with you. Yeah. No. Like, that That sounds terrible for all parties involved. Like, you know, I respect the hustle of the girls, but that sounds fucking terrible. Nightmarish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, because you're standing outside effectively working all day you don't want to go back and like start partying you've got another day of this you're exhausted yeah. you want to go back to your room and do nothing and then complain to your boyfriend about the guy that he didn't stop from looking at you a little bit too hard yeah and of course your feet hurt because you're standing outside all day on fucking concrete yeah like yeah no that sounds pretty much terrible across the board one hundred percent. Yeah. And there is also a question for Denzel. He asks, do you think ghosting is common outside of dating? I was talking to some dude that was complaining about getting ghosted by a girl. And it got me thinking that getting ghosted is part of adulthood. Clients can ghost you. Leasing offices can ghost you. Prospective employers that fucking flew you out can and will ghost you. Realtors can ghost you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean... It's easier as an adult in a lot of instances, rather than to be confronted with somebody's feelings, to just not say anything ever again and just drop it and just have it never come up. So I imagine, yes, it does happen quite often. It's sad and it's stupid. I wish people were more adult and they would say, hey, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. I don't like you. For whatever it is. I don't like you for this job. I don't like you for this apartment. I mean, there are a lot of social dynamics that go into it as well. 
So if somebody's got like a weird prejudice and they don't want to be confronted with it. So let's say you go to a leasing office and they find out that you're a fucking person of color or something and they don't rent to people of color. They can't outright say that they can't rent to you. They can stop talking to you though. Yep. Or if you don't get a job and they don't like you because you're fat or whatever, they can say, well, you didn't meet our criteria. Yeah. Yeah. There's mysterious, mysterious something or other. Yeah. And they can just stop all contact right there rather than like giving you a reasonable explanation. Right. Cause the reasonable explanation opens themselves up for scrutiny. Yeah. Or like, you know, you can poke holes in their logic or whatever, but if they just say nothing, well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's why it's so much easier. I've done it to people, though. I, I'm, oh, not sure, I'm sure everyone has ghosted someone at some point in their life. I Well, see, this is, or not. this is the secret right here. This is, I'm going to let you in on the fucking secret. What you got? What you got? So in dating, a lot of the time, from what I've found out, is women aren't going to hit you up first. <sighs> No. So what ends up happening is like if I feel like I'm not going to get along with somebody or I don't like them rather than saying like, yo, like I'm not attracted to you or yo, I don't want anything to do with you. What I say is like, here's my number. Hit me up. There's a, they won't. It's never happened. Not a single time <laughs> have I ever given my number out to somebody first and they hit me up because what ends up happening is if that person's interested, they'll return with their number yeah. and they'll expect you to hit them up. Yeah. Never once have I given my number to somebody and had them say, then text me at all period, or even my Instagram information, my Snapchat, any of that. It never happens. It never happens. I, I, I cannot think of a single instance. Granted, like I don't really give my number and stuff out to random people very often. I've also been dating someone for a couple of years now, so you know, there's that. But I I never get hit up first for any romantic capacity. I barely get hit up first in general. I am always the person initiating conversations, except with a very select few people. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, I need something from you. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I don't not to say that I'm a better person for for not hitting somebody back or knowing that they're not going to hit me up. I'm I too suffer with the issue of like me telling somebody, "Hey, like I don't think this is going to work out." It's also mainly because like on dating websites, I don't know the person and I don't care to engage with them on that level. Mm. It's a stranger. I'm not going to tell a stranger, and also it would be very rude if I did. I'm not going to tell that stranger, like, yo, I don't think you're hot enough, or I don't think you're attractive enough, (laughs) or this conversation sucks, and you're boring. I'm not going to tell them that. What I will do, though, is engage in my mind trickery, because I've I've been at it for so long, I know exactly how the fuck it works. You're not going to hit me up. I'm going to give you my number, and you're not going to use it. Yeah, that's it. I I know. And if you put your number in here, I'm not going to use it either. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my tactic is usually if, (laughs) if your tactic is usually, I have a girlfriend, leave me alone. Boom. No. Uh, when I was, when I was talking with people more often and I'll still like chat people up without romantic intent, 
but I still kind of approach them in the same manner, male or female. It's just, you know, meeting someone, right? Uh, I'll just end the conversation with, well, that's been fun. I'll see you later. And like, that's it. Of course, this is something that's in person, but you know, I'll just end the conversation and not give any contact info, not give anything. Like if I'm actually interested in meeting with the person again or contacting them again, then yes, I'll exchange information. But anything aside from that, it's peace. And uh-huh. I think that gives the message as well. But that, that only really works I in mean, person. Subtly, super subtly. I guess. It's not it's if you, one if, time. If you, con- if you talk with someone and leave contact, or with you leave them without any form of contact with each other, like I don't really think that leaves any doors open. It's like no, it doesn't. But I mean, the person will probably assume that your relationship is in the same standing as it was when you last saw them. When, I if suppose. they see you again, I suppose. So it's not giving them really any indication of like, oh, I didn't like you or I liked you. It's just. Uh, it could be it could have gone well it could not have gone well but next time i see you the way that we were talking is just going to resume yeah i suppose so i i haven't had any encounters that were so unpleasant that i needed to never speak to someone again and if i did i probably would say all right i'll never see you again bye and, you know i've literally said that to yeah, people before it's actually kind of liberating to say those words 100 <laughs> percent. i'll never have to see you i'll never see you again never peace there were there are a few people who have ghosted me as far as like online friendships go mm-hmm. i've made friends with people online and they kind of just stop talking to me i'll send them messages or whatever like hey how you doing hey what's up How's it going? And they just don't reply to any of them. So that's a pretty good indication there that they no longer want to talk to me. Yeah. For whatever reason. So I just kind of, I live life based on whether or not somebody responds to me. And like that might not be a good way to go because every person treats social situations differently. But it's a pretty solid indication that if you hit somebody up like three or so times and they don't respond to any of it, that they just don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, it happens. Everyone don't take it seriously. Don't take it personally. Yeah. But that does it for questions. All right. Submit your questions to reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. This has been episode 82 of real nerd hours. Yeah. I'm not going to continue announcing the fucking episode number because I don't want to have to remember it every time. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash real nerd hours. I did that thing with Charles. You'll enjoy it. Fucking listen to it. It sounds fun. It's great. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Everybody loves it. Yeah. I, I've only heard positive things about it because it's so good and we're so good. Goddamn. Yeah. Well, anyway, you can follow the show on Twitter at XRealNerdHours. You can follow me on Twitter at that Denzel. You can follow Chet on Twitter at Bushido Brown SD. Excellent. You can join us on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash RealNerdHours. You can like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast and facebook.com slash group slash Podcast. And you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash RealNerdHours. It's been real. We'll see you next week. Y'all have a good night.